The following is an interview with brother Martin Van Els from Holland. He runs the website muslimfit.com. I think uh, you'll benefit from this discussion. It was a wide-ranging conversation and it is the um, second installment of our uh, conversation. We had an episode last year as well. We touch on meritocracy, the effect of luck in success or worldly success, how we should look at that from the Dean perspective to build empathy for other people. We also talk about um, social media, how it affects our expectations and how it magnifies exceptions, makes us compare ourselves with other people and potentially in a negative way. Brother Martin um, gave us some practical tips on how to deal with that, how to uh, use social media in the modern age. And I think if you're into the kind of deeper side of these topics, it's, a, it's an episode that you'll definitely enjoy. And if you do, like, share, subscribe, and give us a rating on your podcast platform. That would be much appreciated. Jazakumullah khairan and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is a second installment of a podcast with uh, Brother Martin from Holland. And he's behind the website called muslimfit.com, I think. And we previously had an episode about a year ago that was more to do with the pandemic and how to build productive habits leading up to Ramadan and dealing with the changes that the pandemic kind of brought into our lives. So this is the next installment. Uh, since then, we've uh, exchanged more messages on different topics and I just wanted to have a more informal um, conversation about a variety of topics um, with Brother Martin. So Jazakallah Khair um, for joining us. Um, and we'll see where the conversation goes, inshallah. Yeah, wa alaikum salam. Thank you for having me back. No problem. So there was a few topics that we've messaged back and forth on um, regarding on Instagram that I think we agree on, but they're kind of deeper. So perhaps um, I'll give you more time to kind of delve into some of them. So I wanted to start with this kind of not um, antagonism, but this pushback on the self-development kind of um, hype, right? or the, I think you said discipline is overrated, right? Um, the lie of meritocracy. Um, I wanted you to kind of talk on that as a general primer on the topic. I just wanted to kind of give it over to you for a bit and then we'll find some dis discussion points from within that, inshallah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a, big, a bit of a background of what I do uh, yeah. because it entails uh, it has to do a lot with the subject. Uh, I'm a vitality coach. So I am in the coaching and self-development business. And um, before I went into coaching professionally, uh, I was in the medical field. I was a nurse anesthetist. Um, so when I wanted to make, and, and the reason I got into coaching was because I saw a lot of uh, patients on my operation table uh, that it wasn't necessary for them to be there. Um, just talking about prevention and, and, and uh, the, the first world uh, health crisis so like obesity and diabetes and that kind of stuff. So um, because I mean, initially medically trained, um, I was really uh, hammered on the use of evidence-based practice. So supporting my claims and tools that I use um, with empirical uh, knowledge. And, and findings and, and um, basically is it true what I'm saying and claiming so when I make the switch to the coaching world um, yeah it's a very different different business because um, in, in the, the coaching scene um, there's no like overarching body it's not like psychology that you have to go to university everybody can call themselves a coach so unfortunately it brings with it a lot of um, basically false claims and, and, and stuff that doesn't only might not work, but be actually harmful instead of be, being best beneficial. Mm. And um, the downside of um, working evidence-based and, and using empirical knowledge and basically trying to show reality is that reality is often not as fancy and, and enjoyable basically as fairy tales. And I think a big part of the subject that we're going to discuss is uh, meritocracy and, and how makeable is success and how much of success is down to your own work and your own vices and virtues is that most 
I always call this uh, the Tony Robbins effect. And even when Muslims use it, the Tony Robbins Islam is basically you can create your own success. And the point you are, where you are at life and how successful you are, are purely down to your virtues. So how hard you worked, how smart you are, and the techniques that you used. Mm. Um, but basically, the reality is much less um, easy as that. Because we see that um, you very quickly get into like a theological discussion. Mm. But before we do that, and I'm really qualified to do that. Yeah, so if you look at empirical knowledge as a science, we see that um, success in a worldly sense is very heavily based on pure luck and coincidence and much less on own effort. And that's yeah. and, and often when I say this, especially in the coaching scene, uh, everybody is triggered. Yeah. I don't know mm. if you uh, know, I've experienced the same. Yeah, I think what you're saying, there's definitely, there's a part of me, I think you posted about this on Instagram once and I commented that I definitely feel like there's truth to it. But then it all depends like with a lot of things on definitions and nuances, right? So for example, when you said the Tony Robbins Islam where everything is to do with the person's um, own kind of virtues and strengths and effort, right? The first kind of pushback question that I would have. Um, the other thing is sometimes it's incentive as well. So say for example, this isn't the case. SafeOptimizedMuslim.com was like a money-making coaching slash kind of um, online course productivity business, right? Which I am kind of intending for it to go down that that way. But what I'm trying to say is then the my thinking on it would be influenced by things like the money that's coming in right the incentives potentially not kind of um, um obviously but subconsciously that might have an impact on my thinking so maybe that's why there's that kind of pushback within that community but aside from that i was thinking no one within the Tony Robbins Islam do they actually say that it's completely yours. They still factor in that this is by the will of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, right? Because otherwise, then they're not even. So let's get that one out of the way. So they're still saying that this is by the will of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, but you kind of make the effort. Is that your kind of um, point? Um. Yes and no. Okay. So and and, and this this is why I think, and what unfortunately a lot of Muslims who have some basic knowledge or they, basically their knowledge of Qadr and Rizq and Qadr, it, it's on point. Mm. There is no flaws in their thinking. And it's the same way when I, when I what, what unfortunately I see that not a lot of scholars are talking about this because mm. for example, I've, I've, and I've talked to a few scholars and when I started off with, for example, talking about the self-help industry, they all see the merit of it because of course, self-development and self-help uh, can benefit you and working hard and smart and, and efficiently is something which you should strive for it's not it doesn't like it doesn't matter yeah but the problem is that yeah if you have your akhida firmly in your heart and in your mind yeah so your uh, your belief but also your rationale and, and the way of thinking is correct it wouldn't be harmful but what do we, what we see is yeah everybody says yeah, of course of course everything is from Allah and we have God and we have uh, destiny and those kinds of stuff but um, there's a difference between if I'm asking you it you know it and what you're actually doing and subconsciously thinking and then how it plays out in reality so because basically what we see is just the fact of acknowledging that you can make a very good case empirically that most of your success is down to pure luck mm. or color, of mm. course. So I'm talking luck because um, the theological discussion I'm not trained for. So uh, most of my cases build up with uh, empirical data. So let's let's uh, work a bit uh, a look at the data. Mm. I can. There are a few empirical studies. Uh, for example, we look at. Um, how Americans per, uh, perceive their um, economic mobility. So how easy it is for you to go from a low income class to a middle and from middle to a high income class. Mm. Most recent studies have shown that, for example, 
the average American overestimates their ability to step up an economic ladder for 500%. And, those, and, and, and there are plenty of studies that show that there's a growing um, uh, inequality uh, economically, academically um, in America, but also in other parts of the world. Uh, in the Western world, we're talking about. We're not talking about um, worlds that are, uh, countries that are very heavily corrupt and those kinds of stuff. So mm. we can see it in observational uh, research that the, the, the chances of an American or a Western to move up an economic ladder is, is is getting smaller and smaller and smaller by the year. Even when when on paper our wealth increases. Mm. We don't only have uh, because there's an observational and the correlation. You can all put all kind of uh, um, yeah, questions and, and arguments why that's not true and why it's all down to virtue because those people just don't work enough and, enough and the average person is just lazy, those kind of stuff. Mm. So if we look at, for example, uh, experimental um, science uh, research, and I have two interesting ones. There are more, but these really make uh, make a good point. Okay. First, there was a, there was an, um, a study done on uh, indie music, so pop music, but not well-known bands um, and they made a, a chart a chart uh, algorithm that uh, charted your um, that put you on chart as a band um, and it all came down if so, what would you rating so if somebody they paid a few people to rate bands and they would look where you end up on the chart uh, but it didn't make one website they made several but all the websites worked at the same with the same algorithm. So you would expect that the best band, if you believe in meritocracy, so that mm. the best always wins, is that the best band with the best music and they will work the best, they will end up on top on every website because it's the same, it's the same algorithm, the same rules. But what did we see? That the, the, the ranking of bands per website uh, changed a lot. And we saw at some websites, a certain band was in the top, the, the, the best one, or at least in the top five. Another second website, it was in the top bottom. So how is it possible that the same website on this, with the same algorithm, with the same amount of people, and it was several, it was a pretty big cohort. So luck was uh, uh, put out of it. Mm. How is it possible that there is a difference? Because good music is good music, right? Well, what they saw with algorithms, and it works the same, I think everybody who owns a Facebook page, a business one, knows this, is that algorithms, for example, look at um, the rate of interaction. So, for example, if I put out a post on my Facebook and the first 30 people who watch it don't like it and don't interact, don't like it, don't interact with it, um, Facebook decides, okay, probably this post is not very interesting, so I will not push it to the entire uh, organically push it to all the readers. If, for example, the first 30 people who saw my post found it really interested and liked it, the website sees, oh, there's interaction with this post. Everybody likes it, the first 30. So this has to be interesting. And mm. we saw the same on this website. Uh, um, if the first few people like the song and give it a good rating, you would mm. end up on top. And that's mm. what we see in all social media. And the fact if the first persons to watch your content, or in this case, the music, uh, if they like it or not, it's pure coincidence. And we saw it because they had like 10 websites and there was like, there was no correlation between the bands and the placing on the websites. Mm. So that's example, uh, the first example. Um, we also, for example, uh, see another study. They had four groups and in every group, uh, they had to do some puzzles and at random, they choose a leader. So there was no, pro just the researchers chose, okay, you're the leader of this group. After the test, um, they gave the group a few cookies, but they gave one too many. So they have to give one, somebody get, got more cookies. And mm. uh, what we saw in every group that there was, the leader got the uh, extra cookie. Mm. Um, but, and, and it all came down because when, when, if you look at science, we see that if somebody is, is in power, uh, they tend to see themselves so as more valuable. And that's also the same reason why they reported, why they gave themselves their own cookie, because they're the leader and they did more. And, and because the groups were large, also the, the luck is out of it. Mm. So 
we see, but these these leaders were chosen at random and not mm. because of their virtue and those are two one more personal and one a bit larger uh, with algorithms that we see that pure luck uh, decides a big part of your success and the easiest if i talk with clients the easiest example is um, i live in the netherlands and we have a very good uh, social uh, economic square here so good education good healthcare. Uh, if you're out of a job you get uh, you, you get you still get paid by the government so it's a really social country so just the fact that i've been born here makes me more successful and, and more privileged than somebody born in africa mm. so what did you do to be to get, get uh, born in my country yeah nothing pure luck and you mm. cannot uh, ignore those huge benefits you get just by being born in a certain place. And let's all talk about privilege. Mm. So if we look at that, and, and there's so many, so much science done on uh, career advancement. For example, I think like 80% of all the CEOs are uh, six foot plus, just because uh, tall people are uh, perceived as more authoritative and mm. more smart and th those kind of stuff. So. Uh, those are all stuff that you cannot influence and don't even influence. Your height doesn't, doesn't make you a better leader or not. Mm. It's just a, a perceived uh, yeah. physical stuff. So there are so many, this, you can really make a solid empirical case mm. that the biggest part of your uh, success isn't down to your performance. But what's really important, I'm not telling this for some social justice. Of course it, it is, but it doesn't have to make you deterministic as in the sense that what you do doesn't matter. Of course it matters. But what this actually does is that believing in meritocracy has been shown to lessen sympathy for others and for yourself. Because mm. if you are fully bought in into the idea that, that I can be a self-made man, the American dream, and if I reach success and I believe I did it, I yeah. have less empathy to people who didn't achieve it. And at the same time, if I don't make my success, an entire world, an entire entirety of Instagram is telling me that success is makeable, I have mm. failed. So yeah. that is okay. a big, so basically it makes you egoistic and it sets you up for failure if you uh, because that's a second part to this discussion mm. is currently the, the in modernity in mm. all the media, social media, movies and stuff, mm. the picture that's being played of an unrealistic um part of success so if you believe in unrealistic goals compared with meritocratic thinking that everything comes down to your success or your own failure you're basically setting yourself up for a very unhealthy yeah. uh, okay. part, uh, path towards your life if i just um i think something that just came to mind um when you were talking about the studies i don't know i'm not familiar with the studies um but something that just kind of hit me whilst I was uh, listening to it. The first one is with something like music, obviously it's very social based, as in people think in first term, it's like if people will start buying something that they don't even like because everyone else is buying it. So, that, so then that kind of supports what you're saying in that if the algorithm pushes something out, it increases the perception that this is something valuable and it's getting liked and getting views by more people. So then people naturally kind of start viewing it more, listening to it more, adopting it more. And then the second one about, I think it's about the balance. It's about to what extent people believe in this, because I don't think there's that many, there are extremes on, on all sides of every topic, right? So I think there are probably extremes that I think it's all just the person's own um, behavior and actions that have led to a certain outcome. But then on the other side, there's probably extremes that, you know, the whole determinism and um, free will argument, there's probably those that say nothing is up to the individual, right? But then it's about with each person, the reason why it's a kind of a, a hard argument to make, especially in a short form content arena, is because it's hard to get the point across and address all the nuances. So say even the tall example, right, which I've heard something like that as well, that a lot of the CEOs, they're over six foot, and you said that it increases, it creates this perception that they're more competent than they are, right? Or that they're competent. But then there's potentially other factors. Maybe because of that, 
they've developed certain skills like from an early age they might have become more confident and outgoing or um because again it wasn't there um it wasn't their kind of doing but they develop certain skills as a result of that and then there's other examples of that as well so you can take it to good looks as well how people are more attractive always get more opportunities and everything else right so i don't think people have an issue with that but then it comes down to the next question would be so how much control or how much of that individual input is there because on a personal level right self help is something whereby and maybe it comes down to mindset as well you know if someone has a growth mindset growth mindset fixed mindset that whole carol dweck hugely popularized kind of topic right in the self help kind of world some people the whole the whole thing is growth mindset as in there's tom billu a famous one he's had a few conversations recently where people have kind of started saying this one with john peterson where um john peterson was saying how if there's a two year old who's exposed to certain things and he develops this kind of behavior um and it's not treated or it's not rectified by the age of four then there's no kind of once he's an adult he's going to continue down that path and that kind of whilst i was listening to it i was thinking that goes against the core of that um tom billu's kind of project because his whole thing is your identity is self manufactured like you can change your thinking change your life at any moment kind of thing okay so then getting it, trying to bring this all of that down to some question or point is that oftentimes i'll hear something or read something um and i'll be able to implement it in my life um and it'll benefit me alhamdulillah by the will of allah right so then that's where the whole self help or that idea comes about because if you see something or read something or implement something in your own life you kind of think that there might at least be one person out there who's going to react a similar way you're not saying everyone will because people have all kinds of issues traumas limiting mindsets all the rest of it but then there's other certain examples that you get and i'm sure you've got it um in your coaching work of tangible things that you suggest to people they're able to implement and they're able to i've got an example of where um i was talking to someone who was saying that he struggles to wake up for fajr right and whilst i was speaking to him i kind of got the sense that it wasn't just a off the cuff kind of excuse like oh i just can't get up for it was kind of i saw that the desire was there more than normal right so i suggested i go to him look if you really want to you can because i thought he's the kind of guy that would appeal to this kind of thinking if i if i felt like he was someone that's going to start crying if i said that then obviously you have to be a bit more tactical and employ empathy right yeah. so i I, i said to him look um if you think if you really want to wake up for fajr you can look there's so many things that you can do um why don't you take it to the extreme and then i said you can download this application it's an alarm clock application and it'll only go off because he was saying how he wakes up switches it off automatically and goes back to sleep right which i used to struggle with as well when i didn't know of all this when i was younger so i go there's this app that you can get and it only goes off once you scan the barcode right so th- this application the alarm will only go off once you scan a barcode so i said you can um save the barcode f- something in a different room and then you're going to have to walk about 10 meters or so and by the time you get there and scan it you're going to be off so then at that time if you go back to sleep then it's on you because you're already kind of up and after about a week he was using it and he said that, he said that it worked right so that's the point of saying that was there's the example of sometimes you know when we see things like this that work it kind of um it kind of makes you want to do more of that because you see the tangible benefit of that so my question is where's the line i know it's a very difficult question i guess but you have to strike that balance between where you can make these changes and where you kind of take into account of these meta factors like you said as well where you're born um different kind of qualities that you have genetics um all the rest of it so what would you kind of say on that i know it's not a very precise thing to ask but yeah it, it um it's a very difficult question uh, mm. at first i'm not a economist so <laughs> um i i don't have the the straight up statistics about how big the factor of luck is uh i've seen 
as a lot of researchers say, luck is the biggest factor if you account for everything, even the less obvious. A good example is you have a job interview tomorrow and all of a sudden your neighbor decides to have a fight with his wife. <laughs> you sleep bad and you don't get the job. So it's very difficult to make a calculation. And uh, I don't think it, it is possible. And to find guidance and solace in this fact, because why a lot of people find this scary is because they lose sense of control. Because that's the appeal of, uh, of the makeable success is that you are in control of it and not somebody else mm. or something else. Um, so I think to really come to terms with this, mm. you have to have religion. Because um, otherwise, if you just look at, if you take a materialistic view, uh, you don't know. And we do know that the world in all sense is not fair because there's a lot of inequality and such. So um, I think if you have to want to take this from a purely metaphysical or purely materialistic way, I couldn't really give you a good answer to where you have to balance it out, but uh, it's not really a satisfying answer mm. because you have to be balanced and you have to do it rationally also. It's not purely belief, but I think religion in this, this question is, is much better answer because mm. basically um, if you take it really extreme, it is really hard. It's easy to say, it's easy to um, get rationally, but it's very hard to actually uh, get it spiritually and emotionally in your heart but if we just look at this life um it's purely a test for the after and so you could say that the stuff that you can achieve here doesn't matter if it doesn't benefit you in the afterlife yeah and we we have been taught taught that uh, our attention is leading so if we do our best honestly doing our best we will get what we want inshallah in the afterlife if we believe in and do our best um so that's step one, just realizing, okay, this, this life doesn't actually materialistically matter because it doesn't matter with how much you end up. It's matter with how much you uh, developed your virtues and how much uh, effort you put out to. So that's step one. Secondly is just acknowledging is, okay, um, I don't have full control and I only have control on my reaction, but not the output. Because there, there are many sayings in the famous hadith, if the entire world comes together to bring you some good or bad and Allah doesn't, doesn't wills it, it won't happen. And if you know that kind of, those kind of hadith, um, it's obvious that everything that we do, the result and the, the outcome is by Allah. So everything that we do get in this life doesn't really matter. Just It's about the afterlife. And everything we do is going to be put on the scale, but all our outcomes in our, are in the hands of Allah. And if we look empirically to what Allah manifests normally, um, we just have to acknowledge that even when we work very hard, we can still fail. If we do everything right in our power, we can still uh, fail. So basically, and that's a very tough, uh, yeah, tough thing to swallow, but there comes religion to play and there's where religion is so important because um if you don't believe in afterlife this basically means that if you work very hard you can still end up at the bottom of society without being at fault yeah so that's that's the only answer i can get um mm -hmm. you cannot really measure it because it is circumstance it is luck mm -hmm. so you can work hard but a good example if you work very hard but all of a sudden war breaks out you lose everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that pandemic is a great example yeah. so many people had uh, thriving businesses just started like uh, one year back didn't but the business went really well they did everything okay but then mm. something happened that they couldn't uh, expect mm. rationally you lose everything yeah so, but then uh, okay mashallah that definitely makes sense and it's a good answer um but what I was going to say in response, not in response to that, but kind of just building um, up onto that is that that's inherent within the Dean already. So as in this whole thing that sometimes it's good to remind people of, and that's that, and even remind ourselves of 
you know when you're constantly in that kind of hustle 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 mindset right it's good to kind of sit back and say it's all intention anyway like all of this doesn't matter if the intention's not there and then on top of that it's all effort so by effort i don't mean the results by effort i mean you're judged on your effort right so then you don't it frees you it cognitively frees you it's kind of like a mental release right which is obviously the benefit of that and like what you're saying if you don't have that it's like you know how we see this uh, thing on social media about oh this person's winning and this person's winning like oh they're confined to that and they're just confined to this world right so if someone's ostensibly winning that's all they've got you know so you can understand why that can be kind of like a depressive loop because it's like like you said you can do everything right by the book and things might not go in your favor what i was going to say though is i would think that sometimes you know even with certain factors that are outside of your control it benefits you to think those thoughts okay so i'm just kind of thinking out loud right so this is kind of not all of these ideas are kind of well developed that's the nature of this kind of conversation so there's this saying where they say think those thoughts that will help you towards your goals right and there's another one that i heard where it's like tell yourself big lies this sounds crazy right but it's like tell yourself lies if it's going to help you so that what that kind of leans towards is if you've got a goal and you want to get it keep repeating certain things to yourself in like a affirmation kind of tony robbins way uh, as long as it's helping you deep down you might not even believe it you might not even think that is true but if it engenders a positive state within you that take action do it right and i feel like even say something like the pandemic there's going to be two types of people some who are going to be more in that defeated category but then there's others that are going to switch again and they're just going to say how do i get to the next level and they still have that same growth mindset within the struggles and then then again it's all just a blessing anyway because them having that way of thinking is not their own doing if you think about it deeply it's like what thoughts you think it's not really your doing it's not like it is to an extent but you have to have the underlying framework the underlying kind of neural connections and synapses and brain matter that you had no control over right so ultimately ultimately it's not you but in the kind of physical and pragmatic and practical sense there are certain things that you can do so then what i wanted to say is what about from a sonic perspective if you employ empathy but at the same time you have knowledge and awareness of these kind of meta factors that are outside of your control but at the same time um you put in the effort but you understand that everything is a blessing from Allah anyway you will you being able to put in the effort is a blessing from Allah you having the growth mindset is a blessing from Allah and it might go down to your childhood parental upbringing different books that you've read but it's all still a blessing from Allah so i think that safeguards the empathy aspect um so even if you look at the empathy aspect from the religion so if you have that thinking you kind of won't look down upon people because it's not you but then at the same time you appreciate the blessing and one of the ways of appreciating the blessing is to use it in the best of ways so you take action and do what you can yeah it's a very good point and yes we also see that in in research that being optimistic for example is in general uh beneficial for your health and well-being but also for your career and 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 success that you achieve in life so yes being optimistic uh is 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 good but we also see that it's often more a character trait than something that is developed but besides that is i think when i think is basically the second part of our discussion is okay like you said yeah it it is inherently in our religion and when i have these discussions with people they most often can follow me because it's rational and, and it, it's especially you know where why are you born here and not in africa it's a very easy and everybody can understand but here you don't you don't you can't influence your height so you cannot decide okay if i'm very small i'm going to be the best nba player we all understand that yeah but the problem is and that's the second uh, discussion is we live currently in an environment um and not only the 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 
secular, but also in our deep in our ummah. We live in an environment that shows off false expectations. Because like we, like you said, we, we don't have full control on our worldly success. But we have to, as most, even as Muslims, even when you take all this in, you have to be, you have to sometimes at some point have to make a decision. Okay, um, is this all down to bad luck? But we don't have bad color, but Allah has wealth this. Or did I not put in enough effort or did I do, did I individualistically did stuff wrong? At some point you have to make the decision and have to balance it out. Um, to do that, um, Allah gave us some kind of logic in this world. Because if, if there was no correlation causality, that we, we couldn't make any plans or, or, or what doesn't matter. And we also see in our Sharia that the orf, the, you know, the, 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 the customs and what's normal in society uh, has its weight in, 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 um, in even our law. For example, in marriage, um, uh, what, what you have to give to your wife, for example, legally depends on what is the normal standards of living. You cannot take the, the stuff from uh, the Bedouins and say, okay, I just have to give you one dress and I have to give you a tent and, and no electricity because I don't read it in the books of a thousand years ago. Mm. Um, our the, the normal standard and the normal customs and what's normal in our time mm. plays a role even in our uh, revelation yep. uh, legal uh, juristics. Mm. Um, but the problem is, is that due to current society being so focused on amicable um, success because a big part of our economy and our whole way of life and all the, the, the branches and, and, and businesses are aimed towards you believing that um, there's active propaganda basically trying to, to let you believe uh, that you are fully, fully in control. Um, and, and social media is a perfect example of it because we just talked a bit about um, uh, the roles of algorithms uh, in pushing certain content. Um, if you go, if you just put in hashtag fitness on Instagram, you only get the the zero 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 dot zero 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 one percent of of the population, the best ones. You only get to see the 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 the. the best genetics, the often used uh, performance, performance enhancing drugs, uh, filters, you only get to see the stuff that's really good. So my teacher once gave me a very good example. He said like, okay, how many people do you know? Maybe a thousand, and that's a lot, you know? So especially if you, if you live in a village, you maybe know a few hundred people. Mm. Um, so if you look at the chances, for example, to, to become a millionaire um, before you're uh, 30 years old, those chances are so small and uh, the chance of you personally knowing somebody without the internet, without, without mass media, we're even talking without papers and stuff because mm. there's also mass media. Yeah. Uh, the chances of you knowing somebody was very slim. So if, for example, all of a sudden you saw somebody who went from a simple farmer to uh, a king, you knew that it wasn't normal. It's an exception. But now it's first newspapers, then radio, then television, now social media. And with all the algorithms, people are not interested in normal stuff. We want to see the extraordinary. Um, if there's an expectation in one of thousands, um, you can easily fill up a TV program for years with mm. all the exceptions. So now when I tell people, okay, it's not normal for you to become a millionaire. They say, okay, but I can show you like a thousand people in the Netherlands, in my city, who did, who did it. So how can you tell me that all these people I could have possibly known because they live in the same city and now they went from broke to rich. There's an example because we cannot, um, it's very hard mm. to understand it because uh, a good example is me when I started, I, I used to be a professional, uh, not a professional, I've been, I was a competitive bodybuilder before I was Muslim, but I didn't start off liking bodybuilding. I just, I wanted to go to the army. So I had to get a bit stronger because I was very skinny. So I searched up some information and up on bodybuilding website. And I've, the first time when I saw that the professional bodybuilders of now, I thought, oh, there's really, even, even Arnold Schwarzenegger, I didn't really like his look. It was mm. too big. And I, I, actually I didn't, I really disliked it. Mm. But 
all the information on fitness was on those bodybuilding websites. So time after time, I've been exposed, 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 exposed. And then I started to find it normal. And after that, I even became to find it. Um, I, I really uh, found it to be extraordinary. And, and I really started loving the whole sport of modern day bodybuilding. So the big juiced up guys. Um, and if you're just constantly being bombarded with exceptions, just all day long, it's very hard to cognitively mm. and emotionally understand that these are all exceptions mm. because you don't see otherwise. Yeah. So I've, I've, when I was a bodybuilder, I was like the biggest guy at the gym, but I was always not happy because I always yeah. saw on the internet, a lot mm -hmm. of guys would look the same as me, who was mm. 10 times better than me. Yeah. But even if I just put up internet and looked at my gym, I was like second largest, second largest. Yeah. Okay. Marshall, that's a very good point because it's something that I've been thinking about or I have spoken about before, not on kind of YouTube or anything, but sometimes speak about it to other people. And that's, again, it's the awareness, but we see the increase in mental issues and comparison and especially with adolescents and um, young females comparing themselves to others and things like that, which you can understand it's a pandemic um, because you know, even when you get into the rabbit hole of getting on Instagram, me personally, right? I have this little mantra that I've been saying, maybe I'm revealing too much of my self-development kind of hacks, right? By using words like mantras and stuff. But basically by mantra, in case anyone goes mad and starts refuting by mantra, I just mean like a reminder, essentially, that you're saying to yourself. One that I've started recently since I've amped up my social media and YouTube and whatnot is post and run, right? I say this to myself because I know a few other content creators, Ryan Holiday and stuff like, and people like him, they have this philosophy of like post and chip as in like, don't stay on the platform, which sounds kind of a bit disingenuous that you're on this platform, but then you're not even using it, but you're letting other people use it. So it's a kind of a balance, but you have to, I know myself that if I spend more time on these platforms, that TikTok is the worst, right? But even Instagram, yeah. the explore page on Instagram, it's um, the best thing to do is to just post and leg it and then if I spend more time on it you'll you'll find that your we spoke about this in the last podcast your metrics start shifting your comparison group your mental diet everything gets negatively affected and it's like a experiment you can do on yourself are you happier more content when you do that or where you spend time on it and I know for certain what's better for me so that's the kind of philosophy or approach that I'm trying to adapt but it's um and like with anything, it can become a habit, as in it can become a habit for you to not spend time on there, just like it can become a habit for you to spend time on there. But the point about this um, false notion of success or um, the magnification of exceptional cases, let's say, is interesting because I've heard people say how before we had groups of people that we knew of about 150 people, let's say village life and small towns, whatnot. And what would happen is, everyone had their own identity to an extent so similar to how you were saying that you were the biggest guy in the gym in your circle let's take the internet out of it you were the guy in terms of like the big guy the fit guy the one that we're going to ask about fitness and diet and stuff right you you would have had that identity that kind of makes people feel good about themselves they feel respected and they feel as if they've got a role to play within that community now within a small group of like 150 people and anyone who's been to a third world country or has got family in a third world country maybe 10 or 20 years ago they would have seen this now everything's been corrupted to an extent because of um, internet and whatnot but you could have experienced this about 10 15 years ago in say pakistan or a different country like this where it's a close-knit community and everyone's got their role so you had the you had the good Quran reciter, you had the Islamic kid, you had the good looking kid, right? You had the one who's the best at cricket. And then you've got the professionals and at all kind of levels, everyone has their place. But now what happens is, I try to say you've got a kid that you're trying to encourage and or parents are trying to encourage and he's reciting the Quran or reciting nasheeds or something, right? And you're like, mashallah, he's really good and you should get more into this and you're really smart or something like this. All he has to do now, so he develops the semblance of this identity, 
all he has to do now, and he probably won't even have to do it because he'll get sent it, is go online and he'll see these six, seven-year-olds like phenoms, right? That yeah. are like um, imitating the best qaris in the world. So essentially, and that's with any topic, take any support, sport, if he's into boxing, anything else, he's going to immediately see the exceptional cases. And they're too young to understand this whole kind of long talk about 150 people and how it's not realistic, unless the parents or someone tries to help them understand, even then it might not have an impact. So that's definitely something um, to think about because you have to understand I think a way around it is to see if you can benefit people within your surrounding, right? Limit to the grassroots. Because even with something like this project on a more personal level, right? Before I started it, I used to find these exceptional cases. Um, so this was about three years ago. And I used to think, why am I going to do this? As in this whole project, like there's people who are better than me in every domain, right? In every domain that I'm in, there's going to be someone who's better and then there's exceptional cases that they're muslim as well and they're probably better than you in every domain so then i'm thinking i'm not the right guy to do this project right because for those reasons but then you have to also think what what benefit is there can you give a benefit that these other people aren't giving because they might not have the same interest in propagating or presenting or things like this. So it's a, what I'm trying to say is, I think it's a difficult one, even if you're trying to rectify your intention that everyone can be susceptible to and go through. Um, but how would you address that in terms of, I suppose the main thing is to post and run or just kind yeah. of limit it or just have that awareness helps as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's a very nice, everyone to have some practical tools i'll challenge everybody who's listening to this think about think by yourself okay what is what am i passionate about what are my hobbies um and look at okay what am i following for example i like uh, working out a lot and i still even when i don't compete anymore because of islamic reasons uh i still love uh strength training and all the all kinds of training stuff mm -hmm. so i'll challenge everybody just for one month for for example you like fitness unfollow every big fitness influencer that you follow that looks better than you just unfollow just for a month after that you can if you can follow twice as much if you want just do it for one month or if you like uh fashion remove all the pretty people <laughs> um yeah. if you like Quran, uh remove all those children or five years old who are like fit <laughs> machines just do that for one month and look how it changes your mental health basically and how it changes it changes your perception and basically, then all of a sudden, you reach reality. So, like you said, it is very difficult. Why? Because um, the world has been actively set up for us to believe this. And you you gave an exception, a very good argument. If you just like first you said, okay, um, it is now religion, which is true. And this stuff, if you tell to people, they believe it. But the simple reason people don't really actually believe it. If we look at the mental health numbers, in, in indeed, with growing materialism, growing anxiety, growing depressions, uh, burnout numbers that are sky high and never seen before in those young age groups that we're in right now. So if we again look empirically, we see that uh, a very big part of society, the biggest part of society might understand it if you tell to them, but they don't have, they didn't internalize it. So how do, how do you internalize this? Well, first of all, to actually internalize it in a well put way, because I could not answer this question from a pure, pure materialistic, uh, statistical way. You cannot answer this question. It's a spiritual question, because if you don't understand how Allah works, how our Deen works, and what it means for your worldly life, not only for your Akhira, only then can you accurately put this stuff together so uh subhanallah i remember when i first became muslim there was in the full salafi versus sufi days and um because there was so much discussion about basically stuff that doesn't impact me for of course for example uh the, the the ayat about allah's hand okay it's it's important to understand them well but 
if I take them literally, metaphorically, or all those positions that we have, uh, it doesn't actually change my practical religion. Because, but knowing how color works, knowing what uh, Rizak is and how it works, this is really practical and as a practical application. But I think it's also important that we as youth have to give this message to the, our often more elderly shuyukh. Because what I've noticed that many shuyukh don't see this problem very much. They don't really see the problem because uh, they're often not exposed to social media as much. And they're basically, there's, a, there's an age gap. Um, I already, I'm, I'm 20, I'm almost 28 and 27 right now. I'm turning 28 in May. And when I see all the TikTok kids, <laughs> I'm already feeling like I'm 50 years old because I really didn't understand them. So how can we expect somebody who is like 40, 50, 60 year olds to understand what we've been up to when they've been in an entirely different world when they grew up. So I think it's very important that we start articulating the problems we have with this problem, that we have too high expectations um, as we feel anxious and depressed about our worldly progress. We have to accurately um, communicate our uh, worries and thoughts to our shayu so they can give accurate answers to this. And secondly, uh, thirdly, is actively looking up these kinds of uh, information. For example, uh, if you just write um, meritocracy, there are a few books on it that are very good. Um, there's, uh, I know of a very good article by uh, Ibn Abi Omar. Uh, he also has a podcast. Sorry for promoting another one, but no. Why do you um, have to? Why, why do you have to apologize? We we're all about. I like to view myself as a curator, less so a producer, right? More so of like gathering um, different sources together and stuff, and just a little plug. I'm trying to start a email newsletter where I'm going to make it like the Tim Ferriss style of like one thing I found interesting this week and just direct people to different sources. But anyway, um, just send me the link afterwards and I'll put it in the description. Yeah, I will, because he's one of the few, not that he's the only one, but the, I have actively, actively searched for this. And he was one of the first guys that I saw that really accurately make, made an Islamic um, rundown of this topic. So he has some good posts on his, on his, uh, on his website. Um, but if you just Google the, the, mm. the factor of luck in success, there, is, yeah. there are so many scientific papers on this. And also, mm. of course, not only scientific papers are a bit dry to read, but there are a lot of articles on this. And mm. just making it a habit to reflect on this spiritually, mm. but also empirically, yeah. I think that is the biggest part. So unfollow, I, like you said, it's very true. Uh, I keep my follow lists very, very short. And I only follow people that I find interesting. But sometimes there are even people that I unfollow because they suck me in or they, they, they I, I've noticed in myself. And it's not like envy or evil eye or, or hatred, mm. but just I get so enthusiastic by some seeing somebody doing something so well. But if I look, if I'm being honest, okay, I, it's not possible for me to do the same because mm. of my genetics, my time, my position in life. Uh, I just unfollow them because I notice that I, I get a, like a, a want, a nefsandy drive for something that's not realistic. So be very cautious with your, with your intake of information mm. and reflect on it spiritually and empirically because yeah, it really takes some good understanding of Akira and I always, you have to have a teacher for this, I think, if you really have to get it down. And secondly, um, just cognitively with our uncle, having the empirical evidence as well, sometimes because we are weak in faith, often helps a lot to see proof from um, secular sources even saying the same. Mm. So I think that's, that's those are the important uh, parts. Mm. I like that, that you tailored it back to the practical which is what alhamdulillah i like to focus on uh, here as well but obviously it's good to sometimes have a deeper discussion that i think people resonate with it's more going to be a trickle down effect because like you said it's going to be very hard to get this thinking to the tiktok generation right yeah. even though i've started posting on there um i don't include myself um in that generation um but 
I, I suppose if the parents have that understanding, it, it, it might lead to a different kind of um, approach when it comes to teaching about these topics or talking about these topics, such as social media and its uses. Um, one thing I will say, though, is that I think if you do have that, also if you have the sense that the whole effect of the 150 people versus identity and all the rest of it, um, also that you're only seeing the, you're not privy to the behind the scenes of these people, right? And I think a good test that we can use is just in our own lives. You know how you said that, how many people do you know that are like this, right? Just within your own friend circle, you know the behind the scenes of people and then you know what they might post on social media. It's very difficult to be 100% kind of um, authentic, right? There's very few people like that. Um, so everyone knows, I think that keeps people empathetic because, and it safeguards you from envy as well, because look, someone might have um, good aspects, then alhamdulillah, you have good aspects as well. I, I think maybe some people, they can't think like that. And again, that's deep issues. They might have different struggles that they've been dealing with, low self-esteem and stuff. But for me, if you see someone um, doing good, one, if you have a growth mindset, um, you might think that that is achievable. If you don't think it's achievable, there's reasons for that. Time, um, your interest, your own curiosity, um, how you practice the faith. It doesn't mean that you have to you're not envying them in a negative sense because you know that's not something that you're going to do and it's just kind of fine and everyone has their own blessings and you see something from that perspective it kind of safeguards you from feeling those kind of um, negative emotions I guess but yeah so I think um, I had a list of those topics that we had um, and I think we've kind of spoken about everything it's been I think about one hour one hour ten one hour fifteen minutes so alhamdulillah, that was a very good and very quite a deep discussion. Um, so if there's anything else that you wanted to talk about in closing, I will obviously direct people to your, uh, ironically, your social media <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your website as well, muslimfit.com. And they can contact you if they want to kind of um, get official or more structured coaching or just discuss these ideas. And uh, I think we've both come across a bit serious on this, like in real life. I know you're quite um, jokey and whatnot. I can rely on you to um, put me in place if I ever post something slightly uh, dodgy. So um, that's also appreciated. But if there's anything else that you want to say, Aki, otherwise uh, we'll close the... Yeah, to close off, um, I think there two, two things are very important to sum it up. At first, if you really want to know if you're doing well in life or not, uh, you have to investigate this subject because you cannot grade your effort and your work if you don't have uh, the reality of what you can expect and what not. What is really good? What is really um, uh, realistic to, to realize? So you, and unfortunately, our environment, even our schools are not teaching us the reality of stuff. So we have to go and investigate this and put in effort. Mm -hmm. And secondly, okay, after realizing that you might have high standards that are too high and not realistic and that a, a huge part of your uh, success is just comes down to pure luck. Mm -hmm. uh, what should that do with you? It should create that empathy. So realizing that um, if there's a big, if chance plays a big role, um, have empathy for if somebody fails or is in a lower status than you and don't think they're losers or, or what else. And, and even more importantly, having self-empathy because quite often we can find these excuses for others if we see somebody fail, but we're often very harsh towards ourselves. So you need this knowledge to be able to first make sure you're not self-pitying. So thinking um, that, that you don't do the work necessary because you have to put an effort. That's what Allah has required from us. But secondly, you also need this information um, to, 
to basically be effective because if you blame yourself for start stuff that's out of your control you're self-harming you're not finding solutions so you need self-compassion to progress so acknowledging that you can fail is actually being an optimized muslim perfect ending i have to say perfect ending you know what i see you talking I, I get different questions and ideas i want to discuss what you know that's going to be the third installment inshallah um so yeah jazakallah khairan appreciate your time and um thank you for joining us once again assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to the Optimize Muslim podcast, self-development for the Muslim using practical tools, tips and ideas distilled from the best of modern science and self-help filtered through the lens of a Muslim, helping you improve in faith, happiness, wellness, productivity, psychology and much more. The aim is to help uplift a generation of Muslims. Become a supporter by visiting optimizemuslim.com or patreon.com/optimizedmuslimproject.